What's up, good people? Welcome to Working Title, presented to you by Soul. I am your host, Nick. I'm Robbie. And today we will be talking to you about serial monogamy. Yes. So let's just break down this, this two-parter word right now, uh, serial, right? Happens in a series, back-to-back, succession, monogamy, being committed to one person, being, uh, how will we define committed? Mm. Right, so yeah. let's just jump right into that. So this thing of being committed, um, we had passed around some surveys. We had some lesbian respondents that had offered their own patterns to this topic of serial monogamy. And we found that although um, the shortest length of relationships, one to five months, was the same amount of percentage as the longest relationships, which were three plus years. Yeah. Based so, on our respondents, Right. So that that struck um, a chord with me and kind of stood out because it's like, wow. So it's polar opposites. Yeah, it's polar opposites. And I think that's what people get um, misconstrued with serial monogamous people. Right. It's kind of like, oh, they can easily commit. Um, They're committers. They're loyal. But when you have this thing happen in series, they're kind of (laughs) already wavering. Right. So my name is Nick. I am a serial monogamous, right? So I, I'll ascribe to the same rule that they do in um, the recovery world, that once an addict, always an addict. However, I will tell you how I broke the cycle. I was single for about, what, two years? Mm-hmm. Two years or more, I believe, before Robbie and I got together. So that's how I broke that cycle. So while I no longer consider myself in a serial monogamous relationship of my choice, however... I do acknowledge that for years, I did it back to back to back to back to back, right? So a year in here, a year in there. So what are the signs that you're a serial monogamous? Mm-hmm. One, easiest point would be little space in between relationships. But okay, so I think this is where people get mixed, like not mixed up, but where this debate about serial monogamy. So it's actually a relationship, like you're my girlfriend, yes. or is it just it's not a situation yeah. It's not a situation It's a relationship. So that's why I brought up the word committed, right? But that looks different to everybody. Right. However, monogamous, one partner, right? Mono being one. So let's just break that down. So it's not a situation It's a relationship. Yeah, where both parties are like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're in a relationship. Right. Not just one person thinks they're in a relationship. Right. It's a mutual relationship. Um, and not just dating. Because I think... I was, I'm probably, before I met you, was probably a serial dater because I haven't had that many relationships. But I've, I'm always like, oh, I'm talking to somebody or I'm, you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily like we're having sex or like we are like dating each other in a committed relationship. But I'm always like talking to somebody until I met you. But before (laughs) I met you, I took a long break. Yeah, I was single for a year. Right. So I definitely think that uh, that's a prerequisite for like your lifelong partners, life partnership to have a, a period of just um, solitude and have a period of your singledom where you can actually reign in that. And it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm single. We broke up. Yeah. Right. But it's literally like to enjoy yourself by yourself for yourself and not have to worry about your um, relationship status. So first point, a little bit of time in between relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. Second point, what do you think it is, Robbie? Um, a little bit of time in between relationships is the first. 
I would say... I might give you a keyword. Baggage. Baggage. Oh, like if you're repeating the same things, like you're getting into relationships and they're not lasting very long. Is that what it is? I mean, let me tell you something that I uh, learned when I was dating this person. I'm not going to call her crazy, right? But I'm going to call her mentally unstable. Crazy. Um, <laughs> AKA, right? So she was like, why do you talk to this ex? Why do you talk... Let's do that over. <laughs> so she was like, why do you talk to this ex? Why do you talk to that ex? Why are y'all still connected? Yada, yada, yada. So she talked to me about blocking people on Facebook, blocking people from your phone. Ironically, she's the only person that I ever had to block. <laughs> right? That's usually how it go. A- after we broke up. So she did teach me some things. Thank you for those lessons. However, I did realize once I had a period of um, singledom, that I did not want to take baggage into my mm. life partnership. So if you weren't an ex that was a true friend that I could bring around my partner, um, if you weren't somebody that wasn't for the long haul, meaning like we were truly friends, there was a loyalty outside of our romantic relationships, it wasn't weird, it wasn't off-putting, I could trust that you could be around my partner, um, and I didn't feel uneasy about being around you and your partner, all these different elements, right? then okay, perhaps you are a lifelong friend that was once a lover, a partner, whatever. However, I realized that if I had dated somebody casually or even like long-term, I no longer wanted them in my life. Because mm-hmm. the lifelong friend that comes from a romantic relationship, that's the exception. That's not the rule. Yeah, so basically all your exes can't still be a homies. Exactly. If you're in a serious relationship. But then it also goes to the point that I also believe that you're a serial monogamous. If even if you take breaks between your relationships, if you don't work on anything, then true. you're still a serial yeah, monogamous. I, I will say that. Like, yeah, the, the work, you know, work is important. I mean, faith without works is dead, right? So you can mm-hmm. apply that to everything. So you can have this vision of your next relationship, what you want in your head, what you feel like you deserve. However, if you're not actually doing the work to be that partner yourself, then it's kind of all null and void. All you're going to do is be a headache for your next uh, fabulous-ass partner. Yeah. And and they kind of got to bring you up to speed. You'll you'll know all the tools, but you won't really apply them. So, yeah, you should be doing the work. So, like, a a serial monogamous not only is someone who just jumps from relationship to relationship, but even if you take space in between your relationship, if you're not working on anything... And you're just basically using your next relationship as a band-aid to kind of cover up or mask. Band-aid, form of entertainment. Yeah. Just fill up some space. Just have a cuddle button. Just to have somebody there so that you don't have to really sit and think about your shit. Right. And, and that's what singledom does. Yeah. So you can put a spotlight on yourself and actually focus on yourself, right? All the things you want in your relationship where you want somebody to focus on you, give me this, give me that. You can date yourself, take yourself out. Your bank account will be a lot fatter, right? (laughs) You can just hang out with people and get to know them to see if you want to date them, to see if you want to be in a relationship. You have the opportunity to have other um, loyalties and commitments that you don't necessarily feel guilty about Mm -hmm. and taking time away from your relationship. So I think singledom is like a profound time. And I, I do believe that if you can't be by yourself, then I don't believe. And be happy. And be happy then you're not prepared to be in a relationship right. that's going to um, be a lifelong commitment mm-hmm. or very long-term. Because if you're with somebody long-term, right, that relationship is going to fluctuate. You guys may be best of friends. However, you will not hang out as much all the time. 
Um, your responsibilities will change, especially if children come into the picture and you have um, your professional life. You have all these different things that will affect your relationship and it takes two people that are actually committed to just working it out, working it out. And, and that's simply that. And they always see that it is worth it. Yeah. So, so something that was funny from the surveys that we um, that we did is um, all of a lot of the answers we got were they were like polar opposites. So we asked the question, how do how can you best um, accurately describe your relationships? And that's currently, currently, right 55% said situationship and 44% said monogamous relationship. So it's kind of like... Well, they're either, very close. Yeah, they're very close. Yeah. It's kind of like we're either in a like dedicated relationship or I'm in between the gray area with someone who I don't know what is. Because 55 is a, that's the majority of the people that we... <laughs> right, right. No, it's a high percentage. And, and I think that... um. Some people, they still want that closeness, that intimacy, right? So it's nothing wrong with a person desiring that. So let's clear that up. That's the mm-hmm. myth about serial monogamous people. Like, you, you want attention. You want love. You want um, a relationship so bad, right? What is wrong with wanting intimacy, yeah. um, a relationship that is loving, where you can get, you know, a little attention, right? There's nothing wrong with that. So we have to take away that stigma, if a person does want to be in a relationship, when a person says, I am preparing for my wife, you know, or I'm going to be someone's wife one day, right? Now, where it gets tricky is who's the someone? That's the thing. Um, because if you're just saying like someone, I'll take anyone. If mm-hmm. it's in that term, then that sounds like a slave mentality. <laughs> but if you are specific about the type of partner you want and the type of partner you want to be, I think it's something very empowering and encouraging about that. And I think a lot of people are afraid to step out and say that. Mm-hmm. So while I was single for two years or so, I would say that I'm preparing myself for my wife. I'm preparing myself for my wife. And that's what... Just to bring it back to being single, that's not only is it a time for you to be, you know, have fun, get loose, whatever you call it, go out and party without having to answer anyone. It's also a time, it should be a time for you to self-reflect and for you to actually find out who your ideal partner, what what does that person look like? Um, Are there certain things that are deal breakers for you? You have to know all these things so that you can communicate it to the next person that you get into a relationship with. And that's what your single time is for. When I was single before I met Nick, I I think my my breakup before then was just so, it affected me so much that it was just like, okay, it's time for you to sit your ass down and right, like right. really reevaluate um, what is it that you want, how what kind of partner you want to be. Um, also tuning into your own intuition I had to remind myself to do that like you know when you see the signs of something or something doesn't sit well speak up about it act on it yeah red flags become the same damn thing you broke up for right so it's just I took that year to really sit down I talked to a bunch of people I went to therapy even and it helped a lot because I I was able to figure out exactly what it is that I want and I, I kept um saying it over and over to myself and it manifested itself in um, my current partner. And so use your singledom as a time to rebuild, even if it's three months. 
Use that as a time to build. You should be going into your next relationship better or not better. An improved an improved version of your last relationship. Right. So I, I have always looked at relationships like that. Um, each relationship I'm in, they are preparation for the next better relationship, right? And there are moments, a lot of moments where I was able to see that progression. However, I had to take that step back to look at myself, like Robbie said, and see what in me is bringing on the same type of uh, pattern partner, right? What was bringing craziness? What was bringing um, people that couldn't commit themselves long term? And the thing was, for one, are you still being crazy? I had to check all that right, get my piece and my chi together. And then secondly, what is my level of commitment? I questioned everything. Did I really love such and such? You know, when I said I loved her, what did I mean by that? Was it just she's an important person? Was it I'm in love with her? What were the levels to all of this? Did she have a right to be upset when I broke up her, broke up with her because she felt like I deceived her? So I had to check not only my intuition, but I had to check my level of honesty and how I would proceed with integrity when dating someone, right? And, and then definitely if I ever engage in a committed relationship again, mm-hmm. like what did that mean for me? And I told everybody up front, if I was ever to engage in a relationship again, it meant that I could see this person as being my wife. And if this person had no interest in that, then we should not be in a committed relationship. I had committed 10 times over already, year after year, back to back to back, paying bills together, co-parenting children, going to meetings, making public appearances, you know, living together, uh, blending the families. I had done this time and time again. So I no longer wanted to repeat that same cycle as I did already. So when I brought up the second point in regards to how you could, excuse me, how you could, um, tell if you were a serial monogamous person, a serial monogamer, one, (laughs) little to no space in between, right? Relationships. Two, we brought that word baggage. Mm -hmm. So if you're with somebody and they're constantly talking about an ex, that lets you know that they're likely not over it. Yeah. So I realized for me, another thing that crazy girl taught me, right? One of them, um, but mentally unstable. <laughs> and that's so crazy. That was my shortest relationship. She only lasted about seven months. I usually do a year, right? Yeah. <laughs> but she only lasted seven months because I said, no, this motherfucker's crazy and yeah. this can't go on any longer. And I just had to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot tell your current partner everything that happened in the past. Yeah. And when I say you can't tell is what is the purpose? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. So I'm very upfront because I believe in real intimacy, right? And I know that you can't truly love me if you don't really know who I am or where I come from. So I'm very honest. However, I was honest to a fault. So you would tell people these stories, experiences you had with your exes, and they would automatically feel not good enough or automatically feel slighted or automatically feel like, damn, I can't compete with that, right? So stop telling them all that shit because it's over with. The story no longer exists. <laughs> In present current day form, you need to tell them what is necessary. You don't need to tell them the whole story. Yeah, unless you're, and of course be upfront and honest with your partner, but unless it's something that has happened in your last relationship that is to help this relationship, this current relationship. Right. Like for instance, um, I don't like when one thing that I had to, that I don't like from my from a past relationship is I don't like when people curse at me. 
So if it's something like that, like if you're telling a story from something that happened to you, um, to you in a past relationship, um, in a way to build or help your partner better understand you or for you guys to better understand each other, then yes. But if it's just like bringing up every last thing, like, oh yeah, we used to do this and like, yeah, oh, and this I is think the corner where is. she smacked me. Like, right, <laughs> right. So a lot of times people automatically assume like, oh, it's all the negative stuff, right? Sometimes those things are very um, purposeful to talk about depending on your level of relationship, right? You don't need to bring it up at the first date, not even the first month. But if something happens that is reminiscent, by all means, bring it up. Or if you already know if it's important to you. But they can be like the fun, easygoing things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, me and such and such came here. Mm-hmm. This is our spot. Why does she need to know that shit? Yeah. She doesn't need to know that shit. Then she's always going to look at that restaurant as like, yeah, Absolutely. I don't want to go here. Absolutely. So these memories will come up for you. Their thoughts, just like any other thought, let them pass. Don't bring it up. So baggage is not only not dealing with your own um, insecurities, patterns, your own trauma, your own hurt and pain, but baggage is also having your ex be a current main player in your life so much that it blocks your present current partner. Yeah. Your ex shouldn't be determining anything that happens in your relation, your current relationship. That's if you want a healthy relationship. And I think we all want. And And this ex can be a silent partner, but if you're bringing the ex up, Right. You're kind of putting them neck and neck. Then you, you have baggage. If if you can't accept this person for who they currently are because you're thinking about your ex, you have baggage. Or comparing. Yeah, if you're comparing, you're doing any of that, you have you have baggage. Unresolved issues with your ex, you have baggage. So so that's like a another key point to figure out if you're like a serial monogamous yeah. person. And there's nothing against being a serial monogamous, but we just want you to be a responsible serial monogamous. Well, well, I mean, I, I beg to differ. So no. I, I think that it is because I, I am a person that loves my quality time so much mm-hmm. um, with myself. Yeah. You know, my solo time because I, I need that to recharge. So if I think about that in terms of relationships, right, and lesbian relationships at that, we, we you haul it. Right. Mm. So you're quickly cohabitating. You're quickly sharing bills. You you may be blending the families, but you're spending a lot of time together. So if you're with somebody for a year or longer and you don't even debrief from that for half amount of time. To me, you're, you're going to just naturally bring all that with you. Mm. Like you have to sit down somewhere and unpack those things so you don't bring all that baggage. Everybody's going to have baggage. Right. Should you have more than a little purse full or a little cargo pant full? No, I, I don't think you should have but so much, depending yeah. on what type of relationship you're preparing for. And that's the thing. So if you are already going in with it, which I would have as a thought pattern, like we do this till it ain't fun no more. You know what I'm saying? It ain't fun. We ain't got to do this anymore. Yeah. So I didn't need the same fortitude that I need now to maintain my relationship. I'm good for a year. So I, I'm good. What do you think? Is okay. So if someone is a serial monogamist and they, they are, let's say their their longest their last relationship was five months. Is there a set time that they should be single? Like, is it depending on how long the last relationship was? I think it depends on how long the last relationship was, how intense it was, um, mm-hmm. and what was really there. Like five months to me, that's that's a considerable amount of time. But uh, you know, I'm in my thirties, so right now five months is like whatever, child. Yeah, I blinked. <laughs> and it also you also have to know yourself because I know that I know by three months. <laughs> and, and I and I believe that most people know and yeah. I feel like we know even before that. 
And True. Th- there's a lot. There's a lot that we could talk about with this topic. Um, but but just to rein in a few points, just to look at the signs and say, shit, am I? You know, or is my partner? Think about the baggage. How connected are they to their past? Or how connected is their past to, to their current right now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and think about the little bit of time or to no time that they spend outside a relationship. Is somebody always saying, you always got a girlfriend. People say it to me a lot. It was so funny. It was just like when I was dating um, the sister before Robbie, people would say she was my girlfriend. And I had to tell them, no, specifically she's not. Because I'm purposely not, she doesn't have the title of my girlfriend. And that's for a reason. Yeah, so that's another thing. Stop giving everybody the title of your girlfriend. Yeah, well, I would hand it out like coupons. <laughs> Shit. I mean, in my 20s, oh my goodness. Because it wouldn't matter to me. You're my girlfriend. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it didn't matter. It wasn't until my 30s where it was like, oh no, this shit got to stop. Mm-hmm. Because I was, um, you do, you you give, give, give of yourself and you cannot expect that to be fulfilling all the time. Something has to replenish you. So whatever that um, takes to replenish you, you need to be intentional about that. So that's going to be the right amount of time that you have to yourself doing replenishing things. That's going to be um, the type of partners you engage in relationships with and the type of people you have around you, your friends. So... All of those things are very important in, in regards to what's going to replenish you. You can't keep drawing from an empty well. Yeah. So if you keep getting into relationships um, back to back and then they have the nerve to be toxic and you expect to be like on point, nah, it doesn't work like that. That stuff eventually will catch up with you and best believe you have some um, residual trauma there if, if things have been um, traumatic for you and toxic. And then you also have to figure out what the determine what the common denominator is. So if you're having these toxic relationships, you really have to sit and figure out like, okay, is it be honest with yourself about what you're what you've done, what you've brought to the relationship. Right. And also be honest about the partners that you're picking. So um our previous episode was on partner patterns. So be honest and upfront with yourself. Make a I'm a list type of person. So yeah, she is. I if I want to figure out if I'm a serial monogamist or if I want to figure out what my partner pattern is, I literally make a list, whether it's a mental checklist in my mind or if I sit down and actually write things out, write it out. Like these are all the partners that I've had. These are all the relationships that I've had. This is how long they've lasted. Even if you can't exactly remember, approximate, <laughs> but try to figure out what your what your dating resume is because that says a lot about you and what what your ultimate um like if you're going for an interview for a job and someone sees your resume that determines whether or not you're going to get the job so your dating yeah, resume so, so that's a great point right there yeah. right because that's what they look at if there are yeah. any gaps right with, with with the job right career-wise if there are gaps people are like well what were you doing were you locked up were you- <laughs> right what, what were you doing yeah and, and then it's kind of the opposite in regards to when we look at romantic relationships right like gaps are good gaps are good yeah gaps are like fall into the gap gaps yeah. are good <laughs> fall into the gap <laughs> gaps are good yeah, yeah yeah it's definitely like the opposite however chronologically like it'll be set up the same yeah so what does it look like yeah, so really figure even if you just got to write the person's name and just, okay, this is how long it was, this is what happened, here's the good, here's the bad, here's what I learned, whatever. Whatever it is that you need to get out, just get out as much as possible so you can figure out for yourself because there's no way that you can actually get into or maintain 
actual loving and long-term and fulfilling relationship if you don't know your own dating patterns and you don't know the patterns of the people yeah Mm -hmm. of the people that you're bringing into your life yeah self-awareness is key so i always pay attention to that how well does the person know themselves it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what type of person they are yet um it does matter though how well they know themselves and and that is kind of like a compass for me as to how they will show up um in our relationship if it's going to get to that point and if they're going to be able to be accountable um have integrity I'll be able to see that. If a person doesn't know who they are, though, then how can I expect them to have integrity? How can I expect them to be accountable? They're kind of like a broken compass all over the place. It's just moving, moving all over the place, you know, with no direction at all. So self-awareness is key. Thank you for tuning into Working Title, brought to you by Soul, connecting, educating, and inspiring the Black LGBT community. Join us for the next segment entitled Checkmate. This is Nick. And Robbie, signing out.